welcome to Scaling the Summit, Radio Gold Style. Your host, Charity Bryan and Sandra K. Sims. I am your technical director, Ginger Aaron Brush. Let's get started. Welcome to another exciting episode of Scaling the Summit. We are Radio Gold. I'm Charity Bryan and my co-host is Sandra Sims. Buddy, how you doing today? Woo, what's going on? Everything's great here. Yep, you're in the big city. Tell me every day we have to check in on the weather. How's the weather today, buddy? The weather's actually really nice. It's been cold, but it's actually really nice in this afternoon. So in other words, yeah. I don't know, long sleeve, not a jacket. It's just kind of, it's nice. All right, well, let me tell you, down here on the bayou, we had a 35-degree swing today. So, you know, it's hard to dress when you're going to start out at 32 and you're going to end at 67. So wow. it's been a, um, you know, multiple outfit kind of day around here. So, you're in your bathing suit now. No, no, buddy. That, you know, mm-mm. no, 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 that's, okay. no, mm-mm. Okay, just check. No, my, swim tr- my swim trunks and Jemison t-shirt are at home, so. No, my swimsuit is not here today, but hey, listen, buddy, I am so excited because our special guest today is our very dear friend. She is so much fun. I love her to death. Tekka Kilmer. Tekka, welcome to Radio Gold. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Well, hey, we're thrilled that you're here. I know all of your dreams are coming true today because you're on Scaling the Summit Radio Gold. So just, I mean, really try to try to hang in there while... Well, again, all of this amazingness comes at you for the next hour. Hey, buddy, you know, I always do the, uh, the intro for the speaker, and I always learn something new, and I'm so excited to share. I- I've learned a lot about Tekka, and I think we're going to learn a little bit more about Tekka today. So stay tuned. Here we go. All right, Tekka, you got your bachelor's degree in physical education and health from West Virginia. We want to hear more about the country roads later in the show. I uh, got your master's degree in adapted physical education. I don't think I knew that you were an adapted girl uh, from the University of South Florida. You have been teaching at Turkey Creek Middle School in Plant City, Florida for the past 26 years. Uh, your school, you led your school to become one of the nationally recognized STARS schools, and we will be talking more about that. You've created programs and events uh, within your school and community uh, to further wellness and physical activity, not only for your students, but for the community. At the Southern District level, you've been on the Leadership Council. You've served on the Southern District Advocacy Committee. If only we knew somebody who was passionate about advocacy, the world would be a different place. Right, buddy? Correct. Buddy? But you still here, here, buddy? I'm here. Okay. Uh, Tekka has also served as the Southern District Let's Move Active School State Coordinator Chair. She's been the president of SHAPE Florida, uh, the Florida SHAPE and Southern District Middle School Teacher of the Year, and she represented SHAPE America as one of the Teachers of the Year that was invited to work with NASA to develop Train Like an Astronaut curriculum and materials. So, Wow, that is quite a list, Tekka. You have had quite a career, and I am fired up to learn more about it today. Well, thanks. I'm All right, Tekka. To talk to you guys. Let's let's kick the show off and talk a little bit about middle school. Now, you know, it takes a very special teacher <laughs> to to teach middle school kids and to teach those for twenty six years. Okay, so clearly, I need to know a little bit more about this. Uh, apparently, this was your called group of students. That you, in other words, that age group, you said, I'm going to do that. And then you have 
stayed there. I need to know what has been the magic that's kept you in that level. Because we do know that middle school students are an interesting group because I absolutely love teaching that group as well. So kind of give our, our listeners uh, kind of an insight of why middle school for you. Well, truth be told, when I started, that was the group I did not want. Um, what? Yeah, I wanted elementary because I wanted the little kids that come up and hug you and put their snotty noses on you and all that Ooh. stuff. Like, I just wanted that group. Okay. But when I started interviewing, I, I wanted to get in the system. And most of my interviews, the principals were asking questions that didn't make me feel very good about their physical education mm -hmm. mindset. I'd gone to a middle school and this particular principal used to be a PE teacher and asked me the questions I would want a principal to ask me to show he cared. Plus in middle school, at least here in this county, I would get to see my kids every day as opposed to just twice a week. And so I said, okay, I'm getting in the system. I'm doing middle school. And 26 years later, still at the same school. Okay, but that's amazing. Seriously, 26 at the same school in middle school. Because we know middle school students, they come in and they change. Their, their personalities change, well, on the hour. Because I mean, they're basically going through a lot of things in life. But that's what we love. And we need teachers like you that are passionate. So have you absolutely loved this journey? Or did, do you have any regrets? Do you wish you could go back? And going to elementary or are you really happy with where you've been able to stay? I think it was the right thing for me. I was really glad that it worked out the way that it did. Um, that was a good principle I had. I only had him for like a year or two maybe and then he moved on but there's something about that weird crazy middle school group that I almost feel like they need you more. I mean they all need you but they're just so off the chart crazy that it's almost like for whatever reason seems to be the place I'm supposed to be. I think that that's amazing. So again, that says a lot about you that because that's a group that does need people that are passionate and that are not just going to, you know, and I think sometimes in middle school, we don't always have some of the, some teachers hang in there as long as you have. So nice job. Thank you. Thanks. Hey, Tekka, I usually go off script at some point in the show, but I'm just a lot, right a lot. Away. I'm sorry, a lot. She'll, she'll go off script a lot. So be ready, buddy. Okay, buddy. Okay. Okay. Don't, don't be, that's my style, you know, off script. All right, Tekka. So, uh, ketchup, do you put your ketchup in the fridge or do you leave it in the pantry so that it can be a nice, room temperature and not ruin your hot food. Tell me how you handle your ketchup, please. Uh, oddly enough, I thought I had the whole ketchup thing down solid after right. all these years of existence on earth. But clearly yeah. um, in our pre-conversation, I have been clued into the fact that I think I have been doing it wrong. My well, cat, no, you haven't. No, you haven't. Stand, stand your ground, Tekka. Stand your ground. It's okay. I can We're see all different. <laughs> we are all different. We don't have to. Do we are things. all different. And, and I'm going to quote a great conference theme, buddy. I know you'll remember this unity in diversity, right? We are one. We are family. We are together, but we are diverse. So I'm just going to say, if you want to put your ketchup in the fridge and you want to take that burger 
off the grill and put that cheese on there and let it melt and then have all that warm, juicy burger covered in cold ketchup, you go ahead. You knock yourself out. All right. But Tekka, I'm telling you, if you put it in the pantry, it will change your life. All right. Now, Tekka. Can I just add something there, Charity? Yes, please, please. I think for me, it's not a big deal because I don't really cook. I microwave. So... Okay. The ketchup is kind of not used as much at home. Really? Yeah. I, I mean, I can pretty much put ketchup on anything, but um, especially if I'm microwaving, it helps actually, to be honest with you. All right, Tekka. So off the Heinz ketchup route, I think we have a new sponsor coming. I do want to know, tell me, you grew up in West Virginia. Is that correct? I did. Okay, I have heard. I have not visited West Virginia. I very much want to. I have heard it is a beautiful part of the country. But tell me a little bit about how you you grew up in West Virginia. You went to WVU for undergrad. Did you know every day you wanted to be a physical education teacher, or how how did this come about? No, and in fact, I didn't actually want to go to WVU at first. Um, I had, I'd left in high school and went out to Oregon to train for gymnastics. And I came back my senior year and because of all my injuries, basically lost any chance of trying to get a scholarship. So WVU was the in-state school and that's where I was going to go. So, (laughs) which is fine because it ended up being a really great school. And when I did fall into PE, it was, the best place I can imagine to have gotten my bachelor's in PE and health. So you fell into our profession. Can Pretty you, much. That, okay. I hope, I hope you were not injured. So no, I fall into it. Well, when I started in college, I did not start with the thought process of being a teacher. I think I had a different priority in mind and Long story short, I didn't attend orientation the same way. It was a huge school. I drowned. I was on academic probation. It wasn't pretty. But every year I came home and I did a sports camp in the summertime. And finally, the second year when I went back to school, I started to take some classes along that route. And I remember when I actually had decided, well, I want to be a PE teacher. And I remember being so excited and I called home and told my mom and dad, this is what I was going to do. And dad was like, yeah, I knew that's what you would do. And I'm like, well, why didn't you help me out and tell me? And he's like, well, you needed to find your own way. So I found it. It just took a little longer than I would have liked. That is awesome. That is awesome. So take me call, take me home country roads, John Denver, buddy. You cannot yeah. beat John Denver. It's a classic right there. All right. So, Tekka, you've, you've gone from undergrad at West Virginia, you moved to Florida, you've been at Turkey Creek uh, for 26 years. That's amazing. So how do you take your school and do something as amazing and transformative as becoming a STAR school? Tell what, what is, what is, do you know what STAR stands for? Because I'm going to have to make it up. It wasn't an acronym. Oh, it's just a STAR. Okay, awesome. So how did you do that? How did you take your school uh, from where they were at at Turkey Creek to becoming a star school? Well, I wasn't the department head at the time. Butch Valdez was the department head. 
And I'd actually just found through at the time when we had NASPE, I'd found this pilot program. And I thought it would be just a good way for us to assess what I thought was this awesome program and just to kind of see where we were. So I just convinced Butch to convince the department to take this whirlwind of a STARS journey. And we barely got STARS that first year as the pilot school. And that was very... It's very eye-opening, but in a really good way. And then that just kind of continued us on our STARS journey. So I'm proud that we were one of the schools that for this whole STARS existence actually can claim being a STARS school. You know, it's amazing when you do uh, different things like the STARS program that do program reviews, they do make a difference and they make you, they do, they keep us in check and give us something to shoot for. But you also had a chance to do this train like an astronaut. I mean, that's, I remember, I, I vaguely remember some stories about this. So I would love to hear kind of a, a recap of what that was like um, to be asked. I, I know you were, you were Teacher of the Year, and I think it, probably, it may have been part of a Teacher of the Year grouping. But I think what a neat thing. Can you give us some kind of some insight of, about what that curriculum is and what, how do you get chosen? And just kind of give us a little, uh, I, you can make it as lengthy as you want. But uh, I'm just saying I'm interested to know about it. Well, I truly would say that that experience was one of the best of my teaching career, just because, you know, growing up and the whole, you can do anything and go to space and all this, it just kind of is a whole nother level for me. Anything with space or military, I'm there. Um, so when I got asked to do it, it was not my group of teacher of the year, but it was a, a later group. And I just was asked to go and, and represent for middle school. And I was thrilled, got to go meet some wonderful people, got to experience things at the Johnson Space Center that some of which I didn't even know existed, all in the sense of they kind of had a shell of a curriculum anyway, and they wanted our input. They wanted us to go through stuff and see uh, if things made sense, if it was applicable to, it was more of an elementary curriculum, but to make it more into middle school, how we could utilize it with what we were teaching, things that maybe we would want more lessons about to be able to take into our classroom. And it was a, it's a pretty neat program. So I took it back to my school and it fit with our sixth grade curriculum for our county very well, a lot with the skill related fitness components. And so it became something that I've made into a curriculum for us. And then our culminating activity at the end is to go to Kennedy Space Center. And so some of our kids who never even get out of Plant City get to go and take that trip and really to see the connection and see them put it together is just, it's just amazing. I mean, it gets me really excited when I think about how excited they get about the trip. So do the, are they still doing this curriculum? Because I know that that was at a window, but I, I don't know that I've ever seen, I don't know where it is and how much they're marketing it because I, I don't know if it's something that just goes on in certain regional areas. I think NASA itself through the Johnson Space Center, they had a uh, train like an astronaut, Mission X was kind of the program. And it was more a global thing. Um, they were kind of setting you up with different countries, trying to get pen pals, trying to do different things oh, wow. like that. I think their educational programming 
obviously like anything, the funds and the money from year to year can kind of waver. Um, I don't know since I don't get to teach sixth grade this year, which I'm really sad about. I, I don't know if it's the same setup this year. I think the program itself is probably still going, but I'm not sure if they have the same bank back backing with it. I know one year we actually had them come out and they worked with our kids and that was pretty cool too. So there were some really good people with that program. I don't know if they have kind of gone off in different areas, but the program itself, you can still pull up those materials and there's a ton of lessons there in various languages. Wonderful. So did you actually get to do like down the suit and everything? I mean, it seems like I, I didn't I see a picture of y'all at Johnson city doing something. Did y'all, did y'all do zero gravity or any, any kind of, I don't know. I just seemed like you were, did I not see a picture of you in a, what I thought was really cool that we got to do is we got to go into the, to the room where they had kind of, I guess what you would say their workout equipment. So up at the international space, station, they have an area where they work out. And so we actually got to get on the treadmill or lift the weights or do things like that, that would be an experience like if you were in space. So to, to be on a treadmill and then be pulled down to it was like the most awful feeling of being on a treadmill ever, but it was so (laughs) cool to just see how it would have been if we'd been there. That's great. Well, thanks for sharing that. That was interesting. And hey, Tecky, you said there is a picture available of this adventure. A couple pictures, maybe. There's a few pictures out there. Okay, great. Girl. Well, you know, you have Gin- you have Ginger's email, so uh, we can. Uh, part of your fame from the show will definitely include uh, those pictures if if you'll share them with us. So, you know, Tecky, we say on the show all the time, truly in all seriousness, and we're not serious very often, but we we really do. I think we've come to not only, we knew this before, but I think we really, really appreciate after talking with so many of our friends and guests that we are so lucky in our profession, right? I mean, we have made some of the greatest relationships in the whole world. I think we all truly believe, we wake up every morning and we we truly believe we are going to the greatest job on earth. Um, And we're just so lucky to be a part of this, no matter what we do, whether we're teaching K-12 or college or we're an administrator, we're an athletic director, what, whatever it is, you know, and I always joke, I don't know that the accountants have this much fun at their conventions or, um, you know, when they wake up and go to the office every day. And, and so, you know, those relationships and meeting people like you and hanging out with you and, you know, having a great time is just so rewarding. And it's so much of what I love about what we do, but you know, if it were not for leadership positions, we wouldn't know you at all, right? Like we would have probably never crossed paths. So tell me, what was your first leadership position in our field? My first, I guess, type of leadership position was at the Southern District level. And um, it was to review programs for convention. Oh, okay. And I'm sure you reviewed programs for our friend Cam. Is that is that who is in charge of programs? Well, I did, but I started with Cheryl Northam. Oh, you okay? So you, she this is she a trained long me well. Ago. Oh yes, <laughs> yes. Cheryl <laughs> had a, a great knack for training people very well. That's all right. That's really cool. Do you remember what convention that was that you were reviewing programs for? Well, I remember when I um, 
got pulled in that direction. And I think it was the next convention. So it was a Southern District Convention in Chattanooga. And I remember it because Kim and Butch and I had gone to present stars. And while we were there, we met, um, we wanted to, you know, get involved, be a part of something, help however we could help. And a friend that we met there from North Carolina, Carol, she said, well, hey, they always need people on these committees and you're reviewing proposals and all this. Let's go. At that time, you went to a session and when the session was over, they voted on like where you were going to be in the committee or whatever. So I said, sure, let's go. I was all about MazPet. Stick me on that MazPet committee. So we go to the session, have the session, we vote, and I did not get in at all. I was not elected. The Louisiana oh. lady was elected, hands down. So I was like, okay, that's fine. Butch got elected. I didn't. It's all good. So the next thing I know, Sister Jean comes over. Oh, Sister oh, Jean. Oh, Sister Jean. Now, these were not her words to me because she's the sweetest person on the face of the earth and she would never say this. But this is what my brain heard. My brain heard, since you are a loser oh. Oh. and you lost MazPAC committee, we got this other committee. <laughs> no, but that's what my brain heard. I just lost. Oh, yeah. oh I'm so oh. sorry. But it was won. like a Louisiana landslide. Like there was no hope. So, that's what we do here. You know, we let dead people vote. So don't, it's not you. <laughs> oh, not you. It's us. But this is what she really said. She said, thank you so much. And I'm sorry that committee got filled. We have another position we'd really like to offer you. That's what she really said. It's just not what I heard in my head. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Sister Jean sister. would never yeah. have ever. No, she wouldn't, have. she wouldn't have. She is so sweet. But like she tr- swooped in after like just finding out. And what was that going to tell her? No. <laughs> no, you don't tell Sister Jean. No. Absolutely not. So this committee was for girls and women in sport. And so I said, all right, I'll do it. And I looked at Kim and I said, you got a position for her too. She'll do it too. So, <laughs> so Kim and I both came in. I don't know, chair, chair elect. I don't even know what we were. All I knew is we had to see Cheryl and we had to review proposals and we did whatever Cheryl told us to do. So, so this is great. Tekka. So basically we have sister Jean to thank for all of us knowing you. That's what I'm hearing right now. I guess to a degree. <laughs> Well, wow. And we love Sister Jean and now we love her even more. So after your illustrious participation on the Girls, Women and Sport Committee, what did you do next? Clearly that catapulted your leadership to uh, much higher levels. Well, I'm still not convinced um, of leadership status. Oh, my God. I am just. We're having an intervention right now. I'm just going to work with me. We're going to mute you right now and just talk to you and express that I cannot believe you just said that. I'm just saying, I'm just a worker bee. So I'm not necessarily. Just a worker bee. Well, I just do. I just do my job. You You ask me to do a job, I'll do the job. It'll get done. Tekka, Tekka, you wouldn't be on Scaling the Summit Radio Gold if you were not a superstar. Correct. So let's just start right there, Correct. buddy. Am I right? Am, yes. Okay. 
Even yes. though you put your ketchup in the fridge, oh my gosh. you are a leadership rock star. So, Tech, a serious question. Um, you know, and I, I love the story. Buddy, does it not warm your heart? Sister Jean just came along and I love grabbed you up and said, hey, yes. I got a spot for you over here. Sorry, sorry, my state just swept the entire election, but, you know, I do have a, a place for you and your friends over here. So, Tekka, you, truly, you, you've had a lot of leadership positions. You've been on the Southern District Board. You've been shaped Florida president. You've obviously served. Uh, you've reviewed programs. You've served the committee levels. So if, if you were mentoring a new professional or even one of our future professionals, and they were maybe thinking about, you know, joining their state organization or even maybe becoming a, a member of a committee at their state AFERD. What would you tell them? What advice would you give them about getting involved and specifically, you know, be becoming a leader in our field? I think the biggest thing that I didn't realize, because like I said, I kind of went backwards. I started with district and then went to state. And I think at the time, our state was kind of having some issues I was unaware of. So I think one of the things I would say is that the best thing to do is let people know you want to help and you want to be involved. And like Carol, like she just grabbed us and said, great, let's do this. I mean, there you're always needed. It's just you might be needed in different roles at different times. And so at that time, we were needed at district, not necessarily at state. But I kind of liked the way we did it backwards because I felt like we've got the best preparation at district to be able to go back and then help our state. And so I think I've learned, too, in the roles at state that sometimes there can be such an influx of different things taking place that when, when you're in a leadership position, you want certain things to happen. And maybe because of what's going on or who was there before you, it can't happen the same way you want. But as long as you always have people that are coming and saying, I'm ready to go, tell me how I can help. Even if you can't, give them all the roles that they want or use them in the same way that they might think to be used, getting, getting in and serving and helping. I mean, you're going to get used somewhere. I think that was the biggest thing for us. And when I say us, I say Butch and Kim and I, cause we kind of were like a pack. I think for like us, it was about how can we serve, you know, what can we do? And, and I think as long as you have that openness you're ready for whatever comes your way. And it's more about the profession and, and the passion for what we do and not let me stack my resume. So as long as you're coming in with a good attitude and the right mindset, I think there'll be plenty of opportunities for you to help. It just might not be exactly the way or when you would anticipate it being that makes sense. But, but I think that that was what was so special, honestly, about districts is it gave people from all over a region <clears throat> opportunities to work together and to develop skills. Uh, I didn't think I was a leader. You know, I, in my school, honestly, you know, I was doing, I was just teaching in my school and people would then encourage me to come back out. And that's where I, I grew up uh, and leadership skills were bloomed during that state and leadership and district opportunities. And that's what's tough about some of the, the changes is that 
you know, we had so many opportunities to, to develop in that district um, to be leaders. And I think that that's where you just said you started mm-hmm. there and then you went back and actually used some leadership skills that you had. So that's pretty amazing. I think that you are a leader. And, uh, you know, I, again, I think if we have to have a, another timeout period to talk to you about your leadership skills, we might have to do that. Uh, but we're going to move on. So we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit more about some other things. Uh, this is a, this is a section that we, we kind of named a past, present, and future of physical education. And it kind of gets us a chance to kind of peer into what you think. So I'm interested, 26 years in middle school, you've seen a lot. You've seen a progression of middle school. You've, uh, you know, there's a lot of times we come out of college and we were taught a certain way and while we had to evolve and change and grow. So I'm interested, what were, what's been the biggest changes you've seen in your career in just the, let's just look at just middle school. What it, what changes have you seen from the very beginning of your career to now at that level? I think the kids in general and how they are based on how society is, has been a huge shift. Um, you know, a lot of times it's kind of seemed as if old school is bad. I don't necessarily think old school is bad. I think maybe some things could have been tweaked, but new school is a little scary. So <laughs> I think the kid changes have been huge. Um, just the, the laziness and the attitude of what are you going to do for me to get me to do this still blows my mind. And I think that's kind of where we are now. And that's not where I felt at my school grade level I'm teaching. That's not where we were 26 years ago. So that's been a huge evolution for me. Uh, Programs that seems to always go full scale one way or full scale the other way, not kind of. So I've been able to be in it long enough where I've seen things that were left and have come back because they should have come back because they shouldn't have left in the first place. That's been a little interesting to see the progression there. I think for me personally, I think the biggest shift has been my mindset. So like when I got out of college and it was about teaching movement for kids through play or, you know, the seed and top way or whatever that was. And that was the structure. And that's what you kind of went in set to do. And now I think over the years, and I don't even know where or how it came. Now I don't, I feel like I'm a health teacher and the PE is the application by which I do it. I, I just feel like we have gotten to be more of that whole wellness unity, body, mind, soul. And, you know, sometimes I guess the best way to say it is I'm not sure if they're going to remember how I taught them to take their heart rate or serve a volleyball, but they're going to remember how I made them feel about being physically active. And if I can make them feel good about that, they'll keep doing it. And I think my whole philosophy has been teach kids how to live. And I thought it was more when I started teaching from the physical aspect I think over all my years, it's just grown so much that it's mentally how to keep them fit and, 
you know, not just physically and spiritually and, and how can they connect? So bottom line, when they leave my class, they enjoy moving, they found something that they want to keep doing and they keep doing it. And hopefully we'll do something for the rest of their lives like that. That's great. Nice job. Amen. I mean, right. Spoken like a true <laughs> leader, huh, buddy? I mean, that's what I heard. That's exactly right. That's what I heard. All right. So Tekka, I'm curious uh, in the present, the right now, um, and I know we talked a little bit about it before the show started, but how have you and your school been handling uh, all of these COVID-19 protocols? What are y'all doing right now? How did you handle, you know, March, April, May when everybody was at home? What, what's that been like for you guys? It was, I am not anywhere at all technology inclined. Like, you know, I just got rid of my flip phone not too long ago. So technology is not my friend. So e-learning in March was crazy. But what our department did then was we had a person that was huge in technology. So they focused on that. And I created the lessons and worked the curriculum aspect since that was more my thing. And we would get together literally in my retention pond and we would tape lessons and we would work them so that they were good for sixth, seventh and eighth. And you could see the progression. So the sixth grader could watch it, but do the eighth grade stuff if they were so inclined or so advanced and vice versa. It just worked well. So we got through that um, better than I would have anticipated lucky enough that when we started school, I did not get blessed with e-learning classes and all mine were brick and mortar. So I was so thankful for that. And we've been in school, you know, since school started back. So we haven't had a hybrid schedule. We haven't had, you know, that mixing. We do have e-learning PE classes. So one of our PE teachers has been doing that. Um, since we got back, having someone actually narrow down what specifically we could do and not do was hard because nobody wants to be pinpointed on that. So by second semester, we spent the whole first semester doing more fitness, nothing with equipment type of stuff. By second semester or second quarter, I sent a note home to parents and basically said, can your kid use equipment or not? They had to sign it, turn it back in. And so virtually my PE class now looks like two different classes. These kids have equipment and these kids don't. So that way I can keep moving forward with my curriculum, but still respect however the, the parent feels with regards to the CDC guidelines and COVID in general. That's interesting. Did You know, because that's one thing we've talked about is that we've never really taught from a, uh, a university setting is telling our students how to sanitize equipment, you know, how to do all these things. And I, that protocol is, is very tough. So that you did it this way, but I, I'm assuming you're still having to still clean and do different oh, yeah. things. And, and that's, that's We're what's still bad by our guidelines. I got you. <laughs> how are you staying safe though? You know, that's the key is, are you, you know, cause that's, that's the big key is everybody talks about the, the students are resilient. They can make, they can fight this stuff off. But as we as adults that are there and going through all these different kids, how are you staying healthy? You mean as far as what I'm I'm doing well, outside of school or no, do you I mean, mean no, like my friendly habits? With all these children, I'm just saying, 
you know, you just said you you wanted all those elementary kids to be hugging on you. And this group of kids don't necessarily do all that. So uh, yeah. I'm a hugger. Okay. 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 So in other words, you're just praying a lot. I mask up and okay. I hug. Okay. I got you. Okay. I'm with you. Hey. I mean, I want to say, Sandra, one thing I was told when I left college was do not use sarcasm. Do not hug your kids. And I'm sorry, but at middle school, they need hugging more than ever. And sarcasm is very effective. So, I mean, <laughs> I do both. Today's teaching tip. <laughs> it, it's old and it's new again. So we're, yeah, we're, we're re-implementing that one. I love it. All right. And well, if, let's, okay, go ahead. You, go ahead. But wait, buddy, if, if okay. you don't want to hug, hang out with Kimmy. <laughs> Kimmy is not going to give anybody a hug. She might sad so, hug. Yeah, if you're lucky, if you're lucky. So if you, buddy, if you need to feel better any day, don't don't expect a hug from Kimmy. Becca, keep going. Uh, you know what? I don't know why she, Kimmy. I love Kimmy, and Kimmy can. I love she, too. But you just threw her under the bus and said she didn't. She didn't make you feel better. She makes everybody if feel Kimmy better. Were, if Kimmy were on this show right now, she would say, "I am not hugging you." Period. Uh, she well, just respects people's space, and I'm more invaded. Okay. So we're good. <laughs> we're a good match. Like you two. Oh, opposites. Oh, no. Uh, oh, yeah. Opposites here. Okay. Uh, let's move to the future. So, you know, what would you, you know, you just said, you know, that the kids have changed. How could, how do we need to change to keep up quality physical education? I mean, you know, and you could, you can actually keep this in the middle school mindset or you can even go k-12 if that's what you like but i'm interested you know we talked about the future of physical education what do you what do you think we need to do where do you think we need to go i think for me teaching with a variety of people over the years some extremely effective and some quite honestly there to get a paycheck i think the more relevant we can make pe which I would have thought this pandemic would have made us beyond relevant. Um, but it's almost as if, if you're not a core class, you don't get the attention that you should get. Mm. So of course we all disagree with that. Um, and it would be nice if we were treated as such, but until that comes full effect, I think it's up to us as physical education teachers to treat our discipline in the manner in which we would want to be received by other people. So yes, we might have 50 kids in a class, but it doesn't mean you quit and roll a ball out. You teach those 50 kids and sure. it doesn't matter if it's twice as many that are sitting in the math class, because that's just what you've got. You know, yes, there's safety issues or different things you have to think about, but it doesn't mean because it's hard, you stop. Um, and I think the more as teachers, we can take personal accountability for what is taking place in our class and making sure that we are giving our students the best of the best. I think that translates. We're teaching the kids, we're teaching the parents, we're teaching the other faculty and staff members. We matter and we're important. When you roll the ball out, when you don't have a lesson ready, when you just you know throw your hands up because there's an assembly or a different change or too many kids, and you quit, you've quit on your discipline. And quite frankly, we can't afford to have that happen. 
Um, I don't know any other subject for 26 years. Whoever comes into our school, you're proving your discipline to show it matters. And I don't know any other subject that has to do it like we do, but you can't stop doing that no matter how hard that is. And sometimes it's proving it to your principal and being relevant and important to them. I think that's one thing that I feel like, well, there are many things, but one thing I've really taken away from the conferences and district and hearing how different people do different things is to be able to come back and show how our physical education department is relevant at our school. <clears throat> and you got to start small and be relevant there first. And then I think it, it feeds itself. It lends itself to the rest. Well said. Nice job. Hey, Tekis, so I know you got that advice, uh, you know, not to hug the kids and not to be sarcastic, uh, which apparently, you know, you have learned that that actually does actually work out okay. So uh, I, I am curious if, yeah, yeah, you know, you know, I think it's a great strategy. So have you gotten some advice you could share with us that actually has stood the test of time? It was good advice when you got it, and it's still good advice today in terms of your career? Well, I don't know if there's really one phrase, one word, one thing that really stands out more than another. I think for, for me, what I don't even know who said it, where it came from, whatever, but is, is meeting the kids where they're at. And that seems to be the constant because, you know, we have such an influx. I mean, I have sometimes a group of students and it takes me four children to translate to a student what I'm trying to say, which is nothing I learned in school and challenging and whatnot, but to meet that kid where they're at or another child that comes and... <clears throat> it's all they could do to be at school today for whatever personal situation they have going on, meeting that kid where it's at. And then you got your athlete who's ready to go. I mean, just the variety of situations that you've got to be ready and prepared for. And I have to constantly remind myself because somebody told me, but I don't know who that you have to meet them where they are and then you can take them and I hope you take them. And I think that that's, that's so true at the middle school. I mean, I really, they're, so, they're going through such an amazing time if we just can dial back at when we were middle school, which of course, that's been a very long time for me. But my goodness gracious, to, that it was such a, it was such a powerful time of, of change that's going on inside you and in your head. But to have a teacher who would fight through whatever, you know, instead of just blowing me off and just saying, hey, get it. But you just said that you would go through three or four kids to not give up on reaching that kid. And I think that that says a lot, again, about who you are. And I think that that's what, that's what makes you special, Tekka, truthfully. Um, so the next question is one that I ask everybody on the show. And it's one that gives you a chance to give a shout out to people that have helped you along the way, have influenced your career. So I'm interested. We usually say three. So this is your time to uh, give a shout out to people. So why don't you go for it? I have thought long and hard about this and um, 
this is the one question I wasn't real excited about. Oh, no. Because, and I'll tell you why, it's a good question. Okay. And I appreciate the opportunity. Well, you can pass on it. You can pass on it. I don't want well, to. Well, I've, I've tweaked it, if it's okay. Oh, gosh. No one in all the podcasts have tweaked the question, but that's clearly okay because we are open. So talk to me because I want to meet you. What would make it better for you? So let's. Okay. So instead of saying three people okay. and at the risk of. Leaving somebody out. Anybody out when so many people have been huge in not only, I think, my career, but my development as a person. I'm going to give you three types of people, if that's okay. Oh, okay. I like it. So my first group would be who I would call teachers, whether they were teachers that I had growing up or at college or, or even teachers like through these leadership positions the teachers that have taught me and, and thinking and reflecting on this, it's mostly been through their example from mm-hmm. what I've seen them do or the example of their passion and what they've demonstrated. Uh, I, I would say those types of people that have taught me in that regard have been extremely influential. And I'm excited. Like I can, I'm still in contact with my elementary PE teacher. Wow. And I have a college professor that I still touch base with might just be once or twice a year, but she was huge, you know? So, I mean, just, do you want to throw out their names? I mean, it's okay. Then I forget somebody else. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. Clearly we're going to call no names, but they no. know who they are. Okay. I got you. Yeah. I want you to feel good about this. Teka. Go ahead. I just, I just think there's so many people that have taught me something, yeah. you know, those are just two examples, but I, I just, have been so blessed to have such good teaching. So I would say that would be a group. Um, my second group of people that I think have been extremely influential have been, uh, I'm going to try to say this the nice way, people that piss you off. Oh, wow. Okay. So, okay. For example, the um hey, we're, now we're going to start naming names, buddy. I feel it. I'm going to try not to. So the say administrator that tries to stick you, the person on your board that has an extremely different agenda than the purpose of what your board is, Mm. people like that, that kind of um, put you on fire Got it. at the time, it's a fire you don't want to be in, but I think you realize that if you can learn and grow from if you can kind of come out forged from the fire, so to speak, mm-hmm. I think you come out better with a different perspective and tougher. And I think that's made me have to kind of go back and think, why am I doing this? What are my principles? What are my beliefs? What sort am I going to fall on and die on? You know, and, and it's helped solidify the direction I want to go. So even though at the time I want to bang my head up against the wall in hindsight, when I look back, I feel like they've made me better. Wow. And then my last group of people, big surprise, I would say are people that I would call my family. And when I say that, I don't necessarily mean my blood family. Mm-hmm. I mean, the people that you work with at your school, the people that you guys who you see at conference and conventions and who you just grow to 
have a relationship with that, whether it's personal stuff or, or school stuff or, you know, crazy shape America stuff or whatever. It's the people that support you and encourage you and inspire you and challenge you and don't let you get away with stuff and love you through all of it. Those people, I've just been so blessed to have a lot of people like that in my life. And I'm so grateful for it. You know, I love the way you framed this question <laughs> and we may change it from now on uh, because I've really always had a problem with it being three to be, if you ever, if anybody's ever heard it's it's hard to name three people because a lot of people do groups. And so, but I like the way you did it. And, and, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you've taken the high road in that the people that were the hardest to you, you said they made you better. And that, whew, that's, that's a big, that's a, that's a big statement. And, and that's hard for a lot of people to actually say. So nice job. And thank you for making the change to the question. Hey, you know, the late great Pat Summit said you should love your competitors because they make you better day in and day out. And without them, you know, you wouldn't have that push. So I want to go back to a statement you made earlier in the, in the, this podcast. And you said that you fell into this profession. And if I had to tell you, that was the greatest fall ever, because honestly, you have made a difference. You know, and I, and you don't, this is, this is where you get tough because you don't want me to tell you and you don't like to listen to somebody telling you how good you are. You're very good. And that's why middle school kids need you. And that's why our profession needs you. <clears throat> I can't imagine you being any other profession now. So this question that I have to ask that we, that we kind of, we try to do series of questions to kind of keep things somewhat similar, but it's funny because I can't imagine you falling in to this profession because it seems so natural to you. And even though your dad knew, clearly he knew. Um, but if you, let's just say when you leave, maybe when you retire or whatever, is there another profession that you would have, you want to shock me and say that it's something, because really I've had some people tell me something I've gone, I cannot believe this. But clearly, you are where you need to be. But if you had to change professions, what would it be? I had to change now or when I started? You, listen, you can change my question any way you want to. Because obviously, they're you, better that way. I, I want you, because you do make my questions better. So thank you. You may do it any way that you want to. Well, I'll say this. When I first started into college, I went in with the mindset of finding a job that would make money. So I think I went in with the wrong mindset in the first place. Um, I always liked psychology and I liked law. I took a couple of law classes and I was like, oddly enough, I did literally say, I can't do this because I'd bring this home with me. Although anybody <laughs> that teaches and is halfway decent at it knows you don't leave any of it at school. So that's kind of ironic now. But I really do think it was through that sports camp and working with children, I realized how much I enjoyed physical activity and how much I enjoyed kids. And so that's kind of how I fell into it. Right. Um, I can't imagine doing something different now, except I think I would like to heighten what I do with sports psychology because oh. that's a field that I'm kind of excited about. And I don't know if this shocks you, but truth be told, 
the only thing I would leave teaching for is if I could go join the military. Wow. <laughs> but I and, have looked into it and I'm too old. So. And wow. your son, Tecca, your son, your son, Kyle is currently serving, correct? He is. He is serving. And tell, tell us where he is. Cause we followed his journey closely with you. <laughs> well, he is, um, he's in the Marine Corps. He's stationed in Cherry Point, North Carolina. Uh, currently, he's deployed overseas somewhere in the Middle East. Oh, wow. Wow. All right. So, But Jeez. I will say, even before Kyle joined the military, because it's not like I want to follow my kid. I mean, God love him, but he's his own. I, I gave <laughs> him the wings. He's fine. <laughs> but I've always had an interest in that. I, I don't know if it's the structure. I don't know if it's the discipline. I'm not exactly sure what it was, but I've always read military books. I've always been interested in it. My dad did serve. And so I just think it's just, it's something that I don't think I was tough enough to do when I was college age, but I think I'd be like ready now. Like if you told me, Hey, there's a group for old people and let's go. I'm on it. I'd be ready to go. Very, very good. All right. Well, sign you up. Right? <laughs> she changed my question. Right. And I like it. Go. Sorry. Yep. Yep. If you want to change my question, Tekka, go right ahead. But the last time we saw you in person um, was at the inaugural Health and Physical Literacy Summit in Birmingham in February 2020. It is hard to believe that's been almost a year uh, but it has, and you not only attended, you presented at the uh, at the summit as well, and we're fired up to see everybody back in person again in uh, 2022, but, you know, it was our first time, right? It was the first time we held the summit. It was a great time, but, you know, when you came away from that experience, what what role do you feel like the summit can play in providing professional development for the people in our field, whether they're health educators, physical educators, um, you know, other folks in our field that, that work with people and, and trying to keep people, get people physically active and help them be uh, both physically literate and health literate. It, it broadens so much the scope of the people that you're interacting with and the different ways that you can do the very same day in, day out kind of stuff. And I, I love going I mean, district conventions always been my favorite, but I think part of that is because of the family that I feel our district, Southern district has always been. And I think the summit was very much like that to me, but at the same token, it brought even more people in from outside of our 13 states. So it kind of expanded our family, which was really neat. Um, I just think any type of professional development training like that is huge, regardless of where you are in your journey, to reinforce what you're doing and to give you better ways to continue to do it. And I just think if you ever get to the place where you say, I got this, then you're done. I think we should always be constantly changing, tweaking, making things different, better. You don't want to be complacent. And I, I love that I feel like 
our Southern District and now the summit continues to keep the fires burning so you're not and brings it again back to what's the purpose that we're doing what we're doing. And, you know, it's not about us. It's, it's about our love for our profession and it's about the kids. And, and I just, that's just what this summit means to me. And you Did know, you have a favorite memory from the summit? Sorry, buddy. Sorry to no jump way. in on you. I did, and I am not just saying this because it's you guys, okay? <laughs> always, always a favorite memory, period, when you're going to these things. Many favorite memories. I think this pastime, aside from my opportunity to have close conversations with people that I idolize, um, which I always enjoy, my favorite memory from this from that convention, from that, I don't know, we call it a conference or convention, but from the summit was when Sander got her award. Oh gosh. And I think the reason (laughs) when I reflect of why that stood out so much is because to me, Southern districts and the summit, it has been about joy. I mean, the joy of meeting the people, the joy of igniting that fire, the joy of your journey, as Sandra has always said. And it seems so fitting for our first summit to honor the person to me. I still have joy rocks. I think I took more than I was supposed to, but I have them. (laughs) It would just seem so fitting to make that first summit kind of in my mind honor Sandra and joy because to me that's just what our family is and and we're a family through because of what we're doing but I just I love our family and that just was the best memory ever from our first summit buddy buddy that's Listen, awesome, you know, buddy. That, you know, and I was going to, I didn't mean to jump in a minute ago, but I was going to say the thing about it, it's the people, you know, it's what you just said. It's, you can't get this online. And and I love Zoom. Yeah, I love seeing y'all, but there's something about being face to face and hanging with each other that, you know, when you think about that, that's been a year ago and gosh, what a, what amazing time. And I remember standing there and getting the, DLD award. And that was an, I mean, an accomplishment that I never thought I would ever see, but it was the people that were there sharing it with me. But I think that's what makes a summit so special it was not the award in, in essence, it's the people you get to see and the hang, hang with and talk to and see each other face to face. And truly that's what I'm going to miss the most this year. You know, we're, we're not going to have the summit this year. I cannot wait to 22 so that we can see each other again, because, you know, we've been able to fill in the gaps <clears throat> by doing these calls, but gosh, being able to see our family, and you're right, it is not blood family, but it is the most significant group of people that would, that have our backs, mm-hmm. you know, that we have each other, and I think that that's, a lot of people can't say that, and so that's what's special, but thanks for bringing that up, and you, again, that made me cry, so thank you. <laughs> oh. 
I, Buddy, so, you made it a pretty long time. I know, I know, I know, I know. And she told me not to cry. And, and wow. I, I, okay. I had to wipe it up. I mean, really, I remember her saying, do not cry. I said, okay. Okay. Oh, boy. Okay, okay. sorry. <laughs> uh, bring it, bring me, it back, buddy. Okay. Bring it back. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm coming back. Okay. <clears throat> hey, buddy, can I tell you real quick my favorite professional oh, memory with, with Tekka and okay. Kimmy? Yes. So you remember you remember when we had the extraordinary opportunity as past presidents and, and, and president, president-elect to travel around to the different state conventions, right? Absolutely. And uh, it was it was my year to go to Shape Florida. And man, it was great. We were right there in Orlando at the uh, embassy suites. Buddy, they got that uh, free breakfast, you know. So yes. you and I really like an embassy suites. And then they've got those snacks in the evening. But anyway, <laughs> it was a great convention. Had a great time. And, and, you know, out of the graciousness of Shape Florida's heart, um, Holly Newham wanted to be sure I had a ride back to the airport. And, buddy... I could have paid $200 to go to Disney and I would not have had a ride like what I had in the car with Kimmy at the wheel. Oh my gosh. Tekka, Tekka in the passenger seat, trying to help Kimmy navigate. Oh my. And I am in the back. And let me tell you, if I could have had sister Jean back there with me, that is the only thing that would have made it better because we needed some serious prayer for traveling safety. Uh oh. Uh, I don't, I don't know where Kimmy learned to drive or what, agency gave her a license but it was bad buddy it was so bad as a matter of fact it was so bad that you you had a good shot at having a different co-host right now is that bad? oh oh really yeah and like, oh, yeah, this, episode, this episode almost never happened oh, right my. because oh, kimmy's driving is that terrible we ended up going up at an exit ramp the wrong direction Oh, and at some point, we stopped in the emergency lane for the people having emergencies coming from the other direction, right? Because we're, we're headed in the not traveling that way direction. Um, and so finally, I, we, we got lost. I think we got a little bit turned around. Buddy, it was, uh, I think you guys slowed down long enough to push me out the door at the airport and, like, throw my luggage on the sidewalk. I but, think you uh, jumped it, out. <laughs> I did. I did. I really did. I jumped and then I sprinted away. Uh, but this is just a public service announcement. If Kimmy, uh, Kim Gerlich ever offers you a ride anywhere, you do not take it under no circumstance. I would do just not like take to that say ride. Though, Charity, in Kim's defense, I yeah. think she would like to be a NASCAR driver in another life. Well, when we have her on the show, we will ask her. And if she doesn't change the question, we will get an answer. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, listen, we're going to go rapid fire. Tekka, you ready? <laughs> okay. You ready? It's going to be rapid fire, just like Kimmy's driving. All right. When you were a little kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? I'm not real sure. I'm going to say I play teacher <laughs> a lot. So let's go with that to be rapid. <laughs> All right. All right. If you could live anywhere else, where would it be? I can't answer that because okay, this this oh. is becoming a thing. <laughs> this is why she changes her question. This is here's a thing. The thing. Here's the thing, Sandra. Here's the thing. It would definitely be this country because there's no greater country. Okay. Number one. Number okay. two. Every state has something to offer that's pretty wonderful. Okay, it, you it, are it. such a peace person. Look at me. It's mm. okay to go. I'm just gonna stay here, in Florida. You know, Florida's a good place. You Florida's can stay. one of the two states I said I never live in. But oh. you're living there, and you've been there for 26 years at least. 
Now they where's can the other state? Now I have to know where's the other place you were never going to live. California. Okay, California. It's a long way I thought, away. I thought All she right. was going to say Alabama. Okay. No, no, I love Alabama. <laughs> and Sandra, I do have I do have an affinity for the Outer Banks. So right. if, if you I'm may for coming that, up, listen, I, I, it's part of the show to get a little bit. But I clearly see you want peace in the valley. You don't want to name names. You don't even want to name a state. Cannot feel. I need you to know that it's, there. It's okay. It's just, it's it's okay. just hard to say just one. Okay. And I clearly, <laughs> we're okay. That's why y'all that she teaches in middle school, y'all need to understand. This is why you can move with the waves and the water. You are good. Okay. Next question, right. buddy. Tekka, Tekka, best advice you received from your mom or dad. Okay. So my favorite dad story is what I told you about college. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My favorite mom story wasn't really words of advice. It was more perspective. So I was in gymnastics, doing competition early on, doing the balance beam, fell off five times. Those of you that know gymnastics, you're not supposed to fall off the balance beam. You're supposed to stay on. So mm. end of competition, mom's driving me home. She's going through, you know, whatever mom goes through to assess your performance. And proceeds to tell me how good I did that day. And I said that you're whack. Like I fell off balance beam five times. I don't know what you're talking about. There was nothing good. And she said, and I'll never forget. It's like one of those etched in stone moments. And she said, but you got back up five times. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, I just remember that overwhelming, like, wow, kind of feeling that the exact same event happened. And if I just looked at it from a different perspective, I could make something bad good. And I just think that that was a huge thing that mom taught me. What a great statement awesome. from your mom. Mm-hmm. Great <laughs> Buddy, I think this might be why Pekka can't like pick a state or pick people or, you know, just gosh, she, that's just wholesome I, right there. It is. She's, she is wholesome. Yeah. She's all about wholesome. Yeah. Hey, I take it. This is one of my, this is my last question for you. So, you know, you asked earlier in the, sh- in the show about when we talked about COVID, what you were doing. This is more personal. So what have you been doing personally to just keep yourself healthy? So how did, have you stayed? I know you're talking about in your, as, a, as a teacher, but uh, what have you done to keep yourself sane during this COVID lockdown? And what strategies maybe would you suggest to others? Well, first of all, you're assuming I'm sane. Okay. And the truth (laughs) with middle school is I am always a couple Fruit Loops shy of a full box. Okay. Well, thank you. Um, And maybe that's a good, that's a good strategy to live with, (laughs) to make it through. I will say, in addition to have uh, been coming seemingly best friends with the ABC liquor store guy. Okay. He has taught me a variety of different things you can put with fireball and rum chata. So I am ready. There you go. Um, but for Still, the healthier, sure aspect, for what, let's Still let's sure. go to the let's let's go ahead and hit that healthier piece. <laughs> the healthier aspect <laughs> has more to do with I like to run, not just because of the running itself, but like mentally, it clears my head, helps me sort through stuff. So I've probably run more miles in any year than I've ever run before, wow. even without getting to actually race. Um, not that I'm fast. I just like to finish. I got you. 
So running, and then for me, a lot of reading, whether it's scripture, whether it's the books I like to read, a, a lot of reading and that kind of stuff. Um, that and, and just as being around people as much as I can, I don't enjoy my own company. I need to be with other people. So well, I'm we, we enjoy your company. This has been, this has been a treat to be truthful. So honestly, part of my pandemic survival has been to be able to hear and, and from peers and my friends in this very interesting world and actually to find out some really cool things about them. And I've always have great memories and know we feel like we know you, but we always tend to learn something a little different. So I'm about ready to uh, turn over the last part of the show where we always hear something a little different. So all right, Tekka, here we go. Now, you know, we have a fun little game we play. I know you've listened to all of our previous episodes before you came on the show, but we play uh, Two Truths and a Lie in honor of our mutual and wonderful friend, Cam Curse. So you are going to tell us three statements about you. Two of those statements will be true, and one of them will be false. And Ginger, our amazing executive producer, is going to guess which statement about you is not true. So, Tekka, are you ready? I am ready, and it's no surprise this was not an easy task. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, we're not going to let you change this one. So, Ginger, no. are you ready? I am ready. All right. Pekka, bring it. Okay. My first statement is I have been to all 50 states. Okay. My second statement is my house is painted the same color as the ABC liquor store. <laughs> okay. And my, my third statement is I have more tennis shoes than years I've accumulated on this planet. Ooh. Okay. Like more, those more tennis are shoes. good statements. I, I could <laughs> oh, say hey. every one of those being true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tekka, I have a point of, a, point of clarification. Uh -huh. You cur currently have more tennis shoes like in your closet than you have numbers of years on the earth. Okay, so yes. at, at this moment, you have 29 at least pairs of tennis shoes. Nicely done, Charity. <laughs> okay, all right, good. I'm glad, I'm glad I'm it worked. All right, Ginger. I'm all 49, right, Ginger. All right, wow. as, I, as I talk myself through this, um, recently hearing your um, good graces with the ABC liquor store, I could see you walking in and, and, and being a little envious over a color, coming home and, and painting your home that color. Um, you mentioned running, so people who run usually have a nice collection of tennis shoes. Um, and you've talked about, you know, your travel a little bit. Um, so they all sound like they could be definitely true. But I'm going to say your lie is your first statement. You have not been to all 50 states. You are correct. Oh, Ginger. Boom. Ginger is, so, oh my gosh, if everybody could only see Ginger, he's jumping up and down. Wow. She's dancing. <laughs> she has, she has gone nuts. Thank you, Tekka. For, see, this is what you do. You're about making people feel good, and you have just made Ginger feel wonderful. Nice. Hey, Tekka, so now I have to know, like, was the ABC liquor store, were they, like, painting their interior, and they had some extra cans of paint, and you took them home? No, like, what I, happened? I swear it was accident, but oh, I didn't even realize. Oh, yeah. And I had to paint my house this summer, and 
God love Kim. She loves to paint. So guess who painted my house this summer? So unbeknownst to me, I actually chose the color of apparently as the ABC liquor store. And I didn't even realize I did it. Well, isn't that just Freudian, really? And I would also like to say, I feel this is a good note here. The guy that is my new best friend at the ABC liquor store, I taught all of his cousins. Okay. So now you, do you get a discount for this? Is that you, you get to buy in bulk? Nice. The... <laughs> All right. Well, buddy, this has been just fabulous. So entertaining. And, Absolutely. You know, we're the, yes. Tekka, thank you so much for, for coming on with us. And I just want to remind our listeners before we go that uh, while we will not have the 2021 Health and Physical Literacy Summit, we will be back in person, family reunion uh, in Birmingham in 2022. So stay tuned for those conference dates and details. And we can't wait to have everybody back together in Birmingham. Tekka, this was great fun. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. And I love seeing you guys. It's been a joy. Well, and- Yep, it's been a joy, and you give our love to Kimmy and Butch, all right? You tell Kimmy to drive safely. I sure will. (laughs) All right, for all our listeners, we will see you next week. We would like to thank our listeners for joining in. Next week, we will have Jenny Peters, owner of Varsity Sports in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. If you enjoy the show, do us a favor and subscribe. Thanks again.